Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Before I begin today's podcast... I want to tell you about another podcast you can listen to with your daughters called Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. You know how much I love stories, especially using stories to teach valuable life lessons, and especially good stories about rebel women who can inspire your daughters. For instance, did you know that eminent primatologist Jane Goodall was laughed at for her dream of living in Africa and working with animals at the age of eight? Luckily, her mom supported her dream. The fun thing about the podcast Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls is that it features an all-star cast of narrators reading the real-life journeys of amazing women who changed our world. Like comedian Alana Glazer, who read the story of Vice President Kamala Harris. Or science educator Lindsay Murphy, telling us all about the young chemist Alice Ball. Rebel Girls is on a mission to empower a diverse community of girls from all over the world to live in confidence. And there's new episodes that drop every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. So... Whether your daughter is a budding scientist or or a writer or an activist or a U.S. vice president, she will find stories of girls and women she can relate to in the podcast, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. And and these stories are going to inspire her to dream really big. So I'm glad you stopped by here at Raising Daughters today because going along with the theme of stories from my sponsor, I want to offer you today to you and your daughters some inspirational stories of some very powerful women who are misjudged as girls. And the reason I think this topic is important is because a lot of you probably have girls who are courageous, brave, strong-minded, independent-minded, intense. They know what they want. They like doing things their own way. And a lot of these powerful young girls are labeled as bossy, mean, just like powerful women in the workforce are oftentimes judged as being too aggressive or bitchy. So my guest today is going to include some very famous people like Margaret Knight, who has 90 patented inventions. I also invite today the first woman Labor Party Minister of Israel, Golda Meir, the abolitionist Harry Tubman, who Tubman, who helped over 300 slaves escape during the uh, times after uh, or times of slavery, and also Rita Dove, who was the first black U.S. poet laureate. Now, obviously, those women are not going to be here in my office talking to me. These are some of my literary heroes and mentors and women who I want your daughters to get to know because of their stories, especially the girls who were powerful and being mislabeled and and whose spirit is being dampened by the school system, by teachers, by coaches, and even by parents sometimes. Let me give you a couple of examples of what I mean by that. I saw a girl in my office a while back. Uh, I don't see really young kids anymore, but this is a girl who was only four. And I remember her mom telling me that there's lots of power struggles at home and at school, and 
that the preschool teacher, where this little four-year-old went to school, had labeled her at a parent-teacher conference as the queen bee of the class. That's the youngest queen bee I've ever run across. I heard a story a long time ago. It was the first day of school, and a first grader had handed her, uh, her teacher a note from her mom. And the note said, The opinions expressed by this child are not necessarily those of her parents. Outspoken, out there, strong-minded. Those are the girls who sometimes get, who get knocked down a peg. There's an old saying that says that the nail that stands up gets hammered down. And that's what I'm talking about with powerful girls. I remember a long time ago, I saw a, a young woman in counseling. She was, I think, 17. And I saw her because she had been depressed. And the main reason was because she was having a hard time speaking up for herself and setting boundaries. And that had gotten her into trouble with guys. She was allowing her boundaries to be crossed. And I remember going back in her history, I heard a really interesting story that explained a lot. When she was seven years old, in second or third grade, she remembered going to a parent-teacher conference with her mom. And she sat at the, at, the, at the back of the room while her mom and the teacher were talking, but she could hear them. And she overheard the teacher tell uh, her mom that she was too bossy and that if she didn't change her weight, she, she would never have any friends. And this little girl was mortified. And what she did from that day forward was she shut down her power. She shut it down because she was so afraid of being too out there, too loud, too herself, and then being rejected and not having friends. And that's why, you know, 15 years later, not 15 years, 12 years later, I was seeing her in my office with a hard time speaking up for herself and setting boundaries. I love working with girls like this, the strong, powerful, intense, uh, independent-minded girls. I see them as really powerful little creatures who have some rough, rough edges that just need to be smoothed out, not overpowered, not squished. I do not want to see these girls lose their spirit. So let me tell you a few stories about some women who, as young girls, were powerful and strong-minded and who actually kind of overcame that and, allowed, and, allowed, and were allowed to be powerful young girls and women. The first one is a U.S. inventor, Margaret Knight, who did a lot of her inventions at the end of the 19th century, back in the 1890s and early 1900s. One of her quotes is really impressive. She says, as a child, I never cared for things that girls usually do. Dolls never possessed any charms for me. I couldn't see the sense of coddling pieces of porcelain with senseless faces. The only thing that I wanted was a jackknife, a gimlet, and some pieces of wood. So little Margaret was obsessed with tools and machines. She was always trying to build things. And she, at one point in her late teen years, invented a machine that could cut, fold, and paste paper bags together without human labor. So she got a patent for that, but another man had seen her design, copied it, and tried to get the, the patent first, trying to cheat her out of it. So they went to court. There was a huge fight, and somehow Margaret Knight won, back at a time when women did not have much of a voice. She formed the Eastern Paper Bag Company to produce her bags. It was also interesting that when she was 12 years of age, Margaret Knight invented a stop-motion device to shut off malfunctioning looms after, after she witnessed a mill accident in a, in a factory that she worked at. Twelve years of age invented a stop-motion device. 
By the time she passed away, she had patents for 90 inventions, and in 2006, she was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. What a great role model for female inventors, right? Harriet Tubman was born into slavery in 1820 on a Maryland plantation, and at five years of age, she was rented out to a local family to work for them. Somehow, she was able to convince them to let her work outdoors, and I guess maybe it was because they saw how strong she was physically, but she was also strong emotionally and mentally. Her first escape attempt was at age seven. She hid in a, in a pig pen for five days, fighting the pigs for scraps from the trough. She first helped a runaway slave when she was 15 years of age. and She was caught, and because of her quote-unquote crime, she was beaten to the point where she was in a coma for weeks, and it was six months before she could walk again. But that did not deter Harriet Tubman. She escaped with the help of the Underground Railroad, but she was not satisfied with her own freedom. And from the years 1850 to 1860, she made 19 very risky trips to herself back into the South, and she helped over 300 slaves escape. She led more black slaves out of slavery than anyone in U.S. history. So that feisty little girl at age five and seven was kind of like the premonition for what she was going to become later on. But she didn't wait till she was an adult to do her work. She started when she was a little kid. Amazing. Next, Golda Meir. She was born in Russia. And when she, was, when she saw that a lot of the Jews were being persecuted, she did a fast at age five against her parents' wishes against her parents' wishes, against the police brutality she saw against Jews. That's age five she fasted. Her family moved to the U.S. when she was a young girl, and she was living in Milwaukee. And in the fourth grade, she actually organized a protest group against the required purchase of school books because she saw that they were too expensive for the poor kids, and she knew that they were going to be denied an opportunity to learn. And that was not okay with her. She rented a hall, and she, uh, to stage a meeting, she raised funds, and she gathered a large group of girls, and then she went forward to address the assembly. Now, her mom had been pushing her to write her speech out, but Golda Meir refused because, she said, quote-unquote, it made more sense to me just to say what I wanted to say. And speeches from my head, instead of speeches from my head, I wanted to speak from my heart. She actually ran away from home at the age of 16 to live with her sister because her mom was insisting that she work in a shop and get married. And her sister was encouraging her to stay in school because she saw how bright Golda was. In 1973, she led Israel in the 1973 war and she became the first woman Labor Party Prime Minister of Israel. This little girl was probably labeled as stubborn, oppositional, defiant, probably disrespectful, and thank goodness she had the guts to push back and keep her spirit and her fight for her ideals. Another girl who was incredibly powerful as a girl, her name was Myra Avelar uh, Neves. She was from Brazil, and she grew up in a very violent shantytown outside of Rio de Janeiro. At 15 years of age, she organized hundreds of kids for a protest protest march, demanding that violence stop at least during the school hours in her town. And she was obviously labeled as a troublemaker, but she kept going. And a year later, she organized another march. 
And then in 2008, she won the International Children's Peace Prize for her courage and her work. And she did that at age 15. Another woman I want you to hear about, Elizabeth Blackburn. She was the first woman to be, uh, become the president of the Salk Institute. And she described herself as an ornery child, ornery. One of those kids who didn't like to be told to dress up or how to do her drawings. And she, has, she had a memory in kindergarten of drawing a black uh, train locomotive. And the teacher came by and said, don't use so much black. And she said, I got so mad that the teacher had another idea of how my train should look. <laughs> Think she wasn't labeled as a stubborn, bossy, troublemaker kind of kid. At, once she had grown up a little bit, she remembered she was at a friend of her house. And a man who was there wanted to know what she wanted to do when she grew up. And she said, I'm going to be a scientist. And this man said, what's a nice girl like you doing going into science? Well, she was shocked. And so shocked, she just kept her mouth shut. But she says, I was all the more determined. And in a way, I'm very grateful to that man. Thank goodness Elizabeth Blackburn got her, her um, gusto and uh, her determination revved up by that man's sexist comment. Another uh, girl, uh, Ilan Omar, who was the first Somali-American Muslim woman to become a legislator. And she says her family called her the why kid because she always needed to know why something was happening. Why should I do this? Why should I do that? Why whatever? And she says to this day, she's still that way. She also said, I didn't grow up in a gendered environment. There was no hierarchy in my home. And she said, my family was fearless. And I tried to embed in my own children that they have something to contribute and that you give because you have to, not to be appreciated. I'm glad this um, young girl who wanted to know why, who I'm sure rubbed a lot of adults wrong, I'm, I'm glad she kept her spirit. Another famous woman, Rita Dove, the first black U.S. poet laureate. I just want to read one of her quotes because I thought it was very prescient. prescient. She said, raising hackles means you're not being ignored. You're pushing the conversation forward. And a lot of these powerful young independent-minded girls oftentimes do raise hackles in the adults and even their peers around them because they may speak differently. They may speak up. They may not go along the party lines. They may not just give in and be compliant. And that rubs a lot of people wrong. I remember one time my wife and I were working with a sixth grade class of girls in a school. And we were, and we were doing an exercise where we were having the girls make a, qual a list of the qualities of good girls quote-unquote good girls, you know, the kind of girls all, all parents and teachers want their daughters to be. And one of the girls uh, gave us an interesting uh, quality to put in a list. She said, good girls are girls who are into girl empowerment. And we said, why do you think that's true? And she said, she said, boys don't have to be into empowerment because they already have a lot of power and we don't. I thought that was a very telling observation by this bright sixth grade girl. I have found that many powerful, independent, strong-minded girls have a sense early on in their lives of their uniqueness and this yearning to be seen, to be heard, to be respected, and to be recognized for their strength and their power. If they don't find suitable outlets for that power, it will usually emerge as mischief, i.e. things like power struggles, quote-unquote mean girl behavior, 
lying, risky behaviors. I've helped lots of girls redirect their behavior by giving them opportunities to be a strong leader. When I see girls in my summer camps or my weekend retreats who are that kind of a kid, who are, I can tell right away, wow, this is a really powerful kid. I always look, for, look to give them places to be a leader. Um, places to choose, to be in charge. Uh, I want to make sure that they feel heard, that their opinions are heard and respected. I want to give them a voice and a say-so in everything that we do at camp. Now, that's true of every girl that I work with in camps and retreats, but especially these independent-minded, strong-minded girls. I don't want these formidable girls to hide their light because their peers and the adults around them are uncomfortable with them and their power. And what I've seen over the many years I've worked with girls in retreats, camps, schools, in my counseling practice, when these girls are provided places to be powerful, outlets for that power and courage, they relax and you always get the best versions of them, which is incredible. Let me leave you with a couple of thoughts, but first a story. This is one of my favorite stories. The Sufi saint Shams of Tabriz said one time that he was always considered a misfit as a, as a kid and especially in his family. He didn't quite fit. His father told him he wasn't crazy enough to, put, to be put into a madhouse, but he didn't know what else to do with him. And so Shams told his father this story. A duck's egg somehow found its way under a hen. And when the egg hatched, the little duckling walked around with the mother hen and the chicks. Well, one day they walked by a pond, and the little duckling went straight into the water. The hen, on the other hand, stayed clucking anxiously on the shore. Sham then said to his father, I have walked into the ocean and I find it my home. You can hardly blame me if you choose to stay on the shore. Don't be too quick to judge, label, or punish authoritative girls, powerful girls. And if 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 it's hard for you to understand and to find outlets or to, or to kind of, if it doesn't seem like a good fit, then find them mentors who can guide them. And sometimes those mentors, like the women I, I just spoke of, they're literary mentors. I got some of those stories from a couple of books. One of them was Girls Who Rock the World Stories. That'd be a great one for your daughters to read. Another one was Women First book. And also the Rebel, Rebel Girls book, which I talked about with my sponsor. These girls need outlets for their power. They need places and opportunities to be of service. What a, These girls usually just are incredibly good when they're, when they're being of service. Not good, but they're, you get their best. They're so happy when they're being helpful because they feel more grown up. They're using their power. They're being valuable. They're being useful. We all need to see through the external behaviors, especially when they're young and they have some rough edges, to see through those behaviors for the strong girl and the strong leader within. So, Thank you so much for stopping by today. I hope these stories were helpful for you. Uh, I would probably, this is probably one of those good podcasts to, to listen to with your daughter, no matter what their age, because the stories I think are relevant. Look for stories of, of powerful women, and even better, look for stories of powerful girls, girls who have made a difference in the world, like girls who rocked the world stories from that book. I will be back here uh, in a week or two with, with another podcast, and 
And in between, sometimes I'll, I'll write a blog, but and all those can be found on my website at www.drtimjordan.com. So I want you to appreciate, and I want you to guide, and I want you to find outlets for those, those powerful, courageous girls who are living with you in your homes. I'll see you back here in a few weeks. Uh, thanks for dropping by.